listeners welcome to yet another episode of when i was 13 in today's episode we are in conversation with journalist and media professional disha malik disha is the co-founder of a media startup called khabar lahariya khabar lahariya is a youtube channel that brings news from rural districts of uttar pradesh using the village women as journalists you should definitely check out the youtube channel of khabar lahariya In this episode, Disha Malik will tell us about how we are mistaken when we think of women in India's villages as those who cannot speak for themselves. Disha also talks about how her passion for traveling and journalism led to her joining Khabar Lahariya. So let's hop on to a time machine and go back to the time when Disha Malik was 13. Disha, welcome to my podcast when I was 13 and thank you for your time. Let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what do you like to do when you have some free time to yourself. Uh so hi. I work as uh, it's a little bit confusing always to introduce myself. So um I'm a journalist, I'm a writer. Yeah. I also I'm a media practitioner. Yeah. I work to train women in journalism. Mm. I like to write and I don't get that much time to write when I'm mm. at work even though my job is <laughs> of a journalist and to run a, a news organization so I write in my free time whenever I can get a chance I also like to cook a lot I like to run a lot I listen to a lot of music um I'm generally happier in the outdoors I like nice. climbing trees I like swimming Yeah, many things. There's not enough time and there's a lot of things that I like doing. Okay. So, um when you were 13, which town or city were you in? Oh my god, this is what I was telling you. My memory is so bad. I was in between Madras and Bangalore. I okay. was uh, in the process of shifting from Madras to Bangalore. Yeah, so obviously you shifted your school around that time. Yeah, yeah. So was it like really hard for you to leave uh, that school behind and then go to another school? Yeah, it was very hard. Life? I've always had very close girlfriends mm. and I had a very close bunch of friends mm. in my school in Madras and so shifting was difficult. I think that especially shifting at that time it was 8th yeah. standard so everybody had very close friendships already. Yeah. <laughs> So moving to a new school I was quite shy so making new friends and stuff like that was tricky. Yeah. So I think this I feel the same way so if I want to change my school I really don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay. So now that you're with Khabar Lahariya uh, did you see yourself as a media professional when you were 13? Uh not a media professional I always wanted to write mm-hmm. so in some ways I'm exactly where yeah. I wanted to be. I always wanted to travel and I always wanted to write and Kabaleria mm. brings both of those yeah. passions together. I think that uh, so my journey was through publishing mm. and through media uh, more conventional media to Kabaleria. Um but when I think back then yeah maybe this was where I yeah. wanted to be. So what kept you focused on your goal throughout like that you knew that I want to be a journalist so like how did you decide that I'm going to do this so that I can be a journalist or I can be part of any media platforms. I think what kept me focused is uh, the love for writing. Um so Kabaleria is not really a conventional media or journalism mm-hmm. outfit and uh, uh I think that what's kept me focused for a long time on Kabaleria is that I'm I'm quite 
committed. I like making long-term commitments That's to what good. I'm doing. So so one of the strands I would say is being committed to the to the written word yeah. or to communicating through through words. But the other is to to the organization mm-hmm. and to uh, give time to nurture something that uh, I helped set up or mm-hmm. uh, to see what its future is going to be. So that that was the focus that okay. now where can yeah. this go? How can this grow? Okay, so when I did some research before this interview, I found out that you did your master's uh, from UK in gender studies. So uh, what is gender studies and what do I need to take? What subjects do I need to take in senior school to learn gender studies? You can take any subjects, okay. I think. I think everybody should do gender studies mm-hmm. after doing all any kind of subjects. You don't really have to have uh, preparation. And in a sense, we're all preparing for it because we're all kind of schooled yeah. into being one gender or, or another. Huh. Uh, or to follow certain gender norms mm. that you talk like this and you sit like this yeah. and you do a certain kind of thing and you shouldn't laugh or you should laugh or you should do a kind of work or you should not do a kind of work or you should go out at night yeah. or you should not. So it's a part of everybody's uh, upbringing. The course that I did was called Interdisciplinary Gender Studies actually. Mm. So it cuts across uh, okay. many different kinds of subjects, literature and art okay. and sciences and social sciences. Mm. Um, and development studies and, and so on. So it's a, it was in the sociology department because it's looking at the behavior yeah. of, of humans and societies and how they change mm-hmm. and how they develop. But uh, it was really good because it allowed me to be in different subjects. Mm-hmm. So before I did gender study, I did English literature. Okay. Um, and so you could take courses in the literature department. You could take courses in the sociology mm-hmm. department. You could do courses in media and mm-hmm. so on. And you could see how gender plays out yeah. in different subjects. So so that was the kind of uh, oh. course that I did. So you had knowledge for everything in a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we see a lot of people around us who go to study abroad and uh, then settle down there itself. So once you completed your master's in UK, what made you come back to India to work with Khabarlaria? Um, I didn't come back and start working with Kabbal area initially. I worked for a little while in in London Mm. and uh, I think that was good because uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was work with an international organization. Uh, So I worked for a little while with Amnesty International, which is a human rights organization. And uh, I was actually working on an area that I didn't know anything Mm. about. I was working on the English-speaking Caribbean, which is a group of islands uh, in the Caribbean. There's a lot of French-speaking islands in the Caribbean, but she has a special kind of unit for the English-speaking islands. So I was working on human rights violations and research on human rights violations over there. Um, and it was interesting and I loved London, but yeah. I think the thing of working from such a distance huh. on an area which you don't know anything about just made me feel like I wanted to be working in an area where I knew yeah. something about and where I was able to form relationships with people that I was working with and not be at such a distance. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think that it made sense for me to come back and work through the medium of words and okay. media in a, in a context which I was more familiar with. So that's really nice because that kept you like, you know, uh, so you wanted to be in a place where people knew you so that you can go a little ahead, right? Okay. So now let's go back into the time when you were 13. So can you tell us how the world was when you were 13, like in terms of technology, like obviously it wasn't that developed, but like what did you do usually? Like now looking back because I live and I also work in a very digital forward kind of space. We use smart 
smartphones and yeah. we use different social media um so yeah so in terms of technology and digital i i know one thing that i think about often is that when i was growing up and in my um maybe between 13 and 16 was when mm. computers first started yeah. um not 13 but i know that towards the end of school was when internet and computers first came into my life and having a computer at home so not when i was 13 yeah. but after i was 13 but i remember those late teenage years as mm-hmm. when you first discovered uh, computers but for most of i know that when i was 13 um there wasn't much technology in my everyday life yeah. at all there was a phone long long phone calls on the oh. landline and you know like your parents saying <laughs> that you just come back from school and you're talking to the same people again so there was a lot of uh, phone calls still happens but in a different way <laughs> Yeah. The other thing I remember is uh, is is which I think about often is that all the really bad uh, clothes that I used to wear when I was 13 <laughs> are all coming back into fashion now. Like I could almost be wearing the same jeans now that I was wearing when I was 13. So going to dance parties with boys for the first time. That's the other thing I remember about being 13. Okay. Okay so earlier as you mentioned you love going out you love to run so like when you were 13 what sports were you interested in tennis i played tennis but around 13 14 was probably the time when i stopped playing tennis okay. very frequently and i played a bit of basketball in mm. school but i didn't do much sport between like maybe 14 15 yeah. and 18 and then i got back into it when i went away so to college that's good okay so as you mentioned uh, there was a computer there was obviously a tv so what was your favorite tv show there was a uh, spaceship show which i like called jupiter moon <laughs> maybe that was around 13 i used to watch a lot of mtv like oh, lots of music, music. videos yeah. yeah okay and who was your favorite singer as you loved music um it changed a lot i think between like my pre 13 years and maybe post 13 years i used to listen to a lot of women vocalists yeah. um like madonna and yeah. kylie minogue and debbie gibson and stuff i think like through my pre teen years i used to like those uh, i had a lot of records which also have come back into fashion so <laughs> um and then when i was 13 and i shifted schools i remember getting and because maybe boys came into my life listening to more and more rock and roll mm. even like uh, so so a lot of alternative rock <laughs> bands that that came yeah. into fashion in the in the early 90s mm. yeah and then yeah. slowly like more heavy metal like metallica and stuff i used to <laughs> listen to a lot in my teens that is something i came across in one of my previous interviews yeah yeah about madonna and mtv most of the time oh. like a lot of people have heard that like went through that phase yeah yeah <laughs> okay so uh, what was your favorite food when you were 13 cuz at that time there wasn't mcdonald's i'm assuming or any like pizzas or japanese yeah food. no maybe afterward <laughs> after 15 16 cuz i was in bangalore and things were a bit like cool there so kfc opened maybe when i was 15 or 16 But yeah, at thirteen, uh, not fast food. I mean, I guess we used to go out for pasta and pizzas, hmm. and I used to. I can't at all remember. I wasn't much of a foodie at thirteen. Okay. I love eating food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially Japanese. I always like very spicy food. So even when I was thirteen, I know that like achar and spicy food was like a big. <laughs> okay, so can you tell us who your idol was when you were thirteen? Like. somebody who kept like inspired you to be a journalist or somebody who idolized you 
when you were 13? Um, I'm always very bad at this question. I um, always read much more than I watch TV. So I'm sure that there must have been a favorite writer. I used to read Roald Dahl a lot. I mean, I, I still do read a lot of like young adult fiction or, or children's fiction. Mm. So most probably like a couple of the writers who I read a lot uh, were people who I idolized. I also had a couple of teachers who were quite young, who I remember mm. being very close to my English teacher in school That's and true. my geography teacher in school. My English teacher wasn't young, but um, she was quite challenging in some ways. And so I, I and my geography teacher, I love geography. I did geography <laughs> all the way to college. Um, my geography teacher was also someone who I really uh, was very close to. And I, I don't think that I had a lot of conventional idols or you know like mm. people who typically get idolized yeah. yeah there must have been writers but I don't <laughs> so like everybody like inspired you in a way yeah mostly maybe literary figures yeah yeah so from what I know about rural India is that I understand that women are forced to take a backseat especially in expressing their opinion or taking a public responsibility so how did you help the rural women to find their voice and talk about issues on camera as a part of Khabarleria? I think that it's a stereotype and a misconception that rural women don't express uh, themselves and don't. I, I think that my okay. journey with Khabarleria has been, you know, exactly <laughs> like uh, like you're saying, huh. to turn that question yeah, yeah. on its head. So how head. did you like uh, inspire the women or like to tell them that you can do this? Because usually like what we see on news channels or what we have heard... That in India, usually women are like, you know, they're not given an equal opportunity as men, especially in rural areas, what we have heard. So um, how did you like convince the women to like, you can do this and it's, it's nothing to be afraid of. Nobody's going to judge you. I think that my my experience of working in rural India has been to shake yeah. what I thought about what women can do and not do very, very mm. strongly. Um, because actually rural girls and rural women do much, much more than we do as okay. urban privileged girls yeah. and women. Um, everything from physical stuff like running the house, mm. like looking after children, like going and getting water uh, is done by girls and women. Uh, women work in the fields from a very young age. So physically and, and, and emotionally, they're taking on much more than than we are. You don't have to convince rural women to do okay. anything. I mean, so the, that's good. The issue is that they don't have a lot of access and yeah. a lot of opportunity. So we may go to school and we may learn about computers and technology and then also have mm. those gadgets in our house yeah. to do things with. And rural, especially poor and Dalit mm. and Muslim girls and women don't have access to technology and gadgets yeah. and stuff like that. So the motivation to learn new things or to do new things is not at all absent. Mm. I mean, if you give opportunities to yeah. them, then they are jumping at those opportunities to do something different. Like who wouldn't yeah. want to yeah. not be taking care of their baby <laughs> kids and instead of that be taking a camera and shooting stories <laughs> instead. So so I think that the learning, if, if yeah. you do leave what's familiar to you and decide to work in an area or uh, in a context that's very different from you is that you get you learn a lot about yeah. how many stereotypes we carry about, yeah. you know, different communities and different areas. So they do have the capacity. Yeah, they have the ambition, they have the capacity, they have the storytelling skills and they have very, very interesting stories to yeah. tell. 
so that's the true that's the reality about that's, yeah, india yeah. okay so now can you tell us what advice you your parents gave you when you were 30 um i think that um i maybe had both kinds of advice um the 13 is when you're maybe starting to be schooled or starting to be disciplined more as a as a girl i mean mm-hmm. i was never allowed to go out and spend the night out at friends houses okay. uh, so i had very very strict rules about what time i could come back or not come back so i know that a lot of those restrictions and rules started mm-hmm. when i was you know 13 years old so um so there was that kind of advice that don't step yeah. beyond a certain boundary and then of course like i i for a long time wanted to do sciences and i wanted to do genetic engineering my dad was a worked in biotechnology and mm-hmm. i and i wanted to so there was a lot of kind of pushing to do something scientific yeah. and to to push the boundaries there in terms of you know don't be limited in your in your ambitions mm-hmm. and so i think that it was both kinds of yeah. advice maybe you know like do things that are big and dream big but then also yeah. kind of know your your place yeah yeah so uh, we have reached towards the end of our podcast so our last and final question is that what advice do you have for me and all the other people listening to this podcast um i think that you should um maybe think about what your dreams are and do something that's different from mm. from what you think that you want to do i think that you should try and surprise yourself and try and like try as many things as you can and i also really think that challenge yourself and travel yeah. beyond your familiar spaces and places and it's only by you know trying something that's really unexpected that maybe you find things that you know inspire you or that's good advice <laughs> that will help you from your day to day life yeah. like if you want to do something or you don't want to do something you should just go for it so thank you for your time thank Asha. you So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of When I Was 13. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did putting it together. For me, at 13, meeting people and getting to know their world when they were 13 opens up a world that I will possibly never get to know otherwise. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on your Android or iPhone. And yes, I am on Instagram. And you can follow me on when underscore I underscore was 13. Catch you soon with yet another interesting conversation on when I was 13. Celebrate the 10 best days of summer with Venus. We've marked down hundreds of our most popular fun, sexy swimwear and fashion styles, which means you get to celebrate summer with up to 70% off. Just visit venus.com to celebrate the 10 best days of summer and save today.